I'm Brooklyn. I'm a junior high student, and I'm going to read the Bible verse for today. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the feast heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to him, meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat upon it as written, Do not be afraid, O daughter of Zion. See your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that they had done these things to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had given this miraculous sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Well, hey, everyone. Um, good to be with you here on Palm Sunday. It's uh, another one of these digital Sundays, and uh, we're trying to make the most of it. Thanks for tuning in to all the Living Streams family. Um, hopefully you can put some comments down there, or um, maybe even heckle a little bit if you want. I won't see it right now, but I'll see it later, and, and we could talk about that. Um, but I also want to say hey to all the people that are watching this because someone shared this video with you, or um, because you're just reaching out looking for some help in some of these uncertain times. We welcome you, and we want you to know it is true that Jesus is a big help in time of need. Um, we'll get to the passage that, that Brooklyn read in just a second, but I thought I'd start out sharing a little bit of good news with you and then a couple of thoughts in regards to all this uh, COVID quarantine season we're in. First of all, we um, have some good news around here. There is no line at all for the bathrooms because um, there's no one here. Um, also, our children's classes were all covered with ease today. So thanks to all of you parents who are there at home with your kids, watching them. Hopefully they're not causing too much trouble. Last Sunday, Brittany told me that our girls just rolled on the couches the whole time during my message. And uh, there's something about my voice that just caused them to want to be crazy and chaotic. When they listened to Jay preach, they had no problem. They just sat there and listened the whole time. But for whatever reason, that dad voice brings out the worst in them. <laughs> Um, and also, I do, on a serious note, I want to thank everyone for all the giving. We actually made budget um, for March, thanks to all of your giving, including three Sundays that were very different and strange. Um, so you Living Streams family continue to just blow us away. We're so thankful, and we're so encouraged because we get to actually see what, what impact we're being able to make right now through lots of different um, felt need ministries, food pantry, children's center, pastoral care. Um, and then we're also able to even start thinking even broader than that because of your faithfulness and your generosity. So thank you so much. Um, 
Now a couple thoughts about our COVID response before we jump into our message today. I'm going to just read this to you and uh, hopefully it's helpful. First, I, I think it's very important for us to continue to do the work of the ministry. Um, this is an unprecedented time in American church history. The church has left the building, no doubt about it. And I'm going to tell you something that may sound a little bit crazy, but you have never needed Living Streams Church to be the church. The truth is that you are the church. You are the priests and the pastors. You are the ones called to do the work of the ministry. You are the ones that God has put His Spirit in. The same Spirit that raised Him from the dead. You are the ones that have been equipped for every good work. We say it often around here, but church is not what Christians are supposed to do. The Sunday morning context. That's not what church Christians are supposed to do. Christians are supposed to do the work of ministry. And church, like we're doing now, is just supposed to help us in that aim. And right now, we're going to get to see um, how well we've done at Living Streams, preparing you to understand that. How well we've preached the message of the priesthood of all believers. How well we've equipped you to do the work of the ministry. We're going to see what it looks like for you to take responsibility for your own spiritual formation, which is good and beautiful. What it looks like for moms and dads to step up as spiritual leaders and in their homes and in this city. Can I get an amen? Maybe? A little like digital amen there on the bottom. Amen? Exclamation? Exclamation? A woohoo maybe? I don't know. It's very quiet in here, but that's okay. Keep going. Things are different right now, but opportunities abound. I know some of you are facing hardships that bring loneliness, anxiety, and fear. Some are facing job loss or income loss. Many are facing extra levels of stress from changes in homeschool. Yeah, homeschool. That's a big one. But now is the time to see if your faith is strong enough for the weight of worry trying to ruin your soul. Now is the time to see if your relationship with Jesus is sufficient enough to withstand the threat of scarcity and uncertainty. And now is the time where your kids and your community will see if your life is built on the rock of ages. We're going to see what we're made of right now. It's a beautiful, important time for us to shine. I hope that you can put your trust in God like never before. He is so faithful. So faithful. He is good and has a good plan for your life. Whether today you've been following Him for a while, or whether today you're just now thinking maybe you should start, He has a good plan for your life. Live and love generously, and let there be a long list of good works that you participate in this month. Jesus is worth it, Jesus desires it, and the world around us needs it like never before. The second thought is a little different, um, but I believe Jesus is asking us to have some downshift moments in our life right now. I think this season calls for a bit of that. Make sure you find some times each day to lean into this season, to not fight against it, to not try and be overproductive in it, but just say, okay, the world's kind of ground to a halt a little bit around me, and maybe every once in a while I should do the same. For Britt and I, we've set, um, we, we struggled greatly to try and find some rhythm in the last few weeks. Um, but what's really worked for us is we're starting at, at like 9.30 every day. We, we all take a recess. A recess from work and homeschooling for me and Britt. A recess for homeschooling from our girls. And we just have this recess where we then go on a walk all together. 
And we just kind of slow down for that moment. And then we get back to the work and the hustle and the bustle. And then at about 11 or 11.30, we break for lunch. And we go out on our lawn, put out a blanket, and we all listen to some music. Brittany's been taking the, the girls through um, music decade by decade. So we'll listen to a decade's worth of music. And, uh, and we'll read some books and just kind of lay low. And then we're back at it, getting to work, trying to figure out how to be productive in this time. And then after dinner every night, we go for a walk again. And it's been fun because we all have skateboards. So um, two of our kids are getting pulled by two dogs and Bella's on the quad zooming around. And uh, Brittany and I are skateboarding too. And it's just been this nice rhythm to, to kind of settle into this thing. Um, I remember this last week, I, I was so busy on Thursday and I wasn't doing a very good job of managing it. And I remember my phone, I put my phone on the bed and I just kept walking past it the rest of the night and just felt like, ugh, ugh. I was mad at the phone. I wanted to give it dirty looks. Because in some ways you could really get so caught up because we are a little bit extra anxious right now. There's all this uncertainty. So we got to remember to kind of quiet ourselves and be still and really see what the Lord has for us in this time. Um, make sure you do create some space for family, stillness, and Jesus. Um, or we'll get through this thing and really kind of be weary and have some regrets. So that's a little thoughts on the COVID part. Now we're going to go on to our sermon, Palm Sunday, the story of Jesus' triumphal entry. And today actually is going to conclude our, our sermon series on spiritual formation. This is our 14th week of it. We started in January and we talked through the different stages of spiritual formation at first. Um, and then we moved on to the, the spiritual practices that, that can help us in our spiritual formation of becoming more like Jesus. And so this is our last spiritual practice today. We're going to be talking about sharing your faith. And as always, if you want to look back at any of these things, you can. Um, you can go to our website and check them out there. But sharing your faith. Um, from the passage that Brooklyn read, I want, to, I want to draw out four different points that will help us. It's going to be a little different um, way to go about talking about sharing your faith. The word evangelism is a, is, it can be a challenging word. It, it can feel a little weird. Some of us have experienced people sharing or preaching to us in ways that have been very off-putting or, or not real um, easy to receive. Um, and then we, all, we also, when we, when we think about the possibility of sharing our faith or telling someone about Jesus in the, the political climate of our world, um, it can also begin to create a lot of uncertainty and fear. So I, I want to kind of go at this looking at a passage of Scripture and just kind of slowly go through some things that hopefully will, will begin the process of seeing the beauty and importance of this spiritual practice, both for God, for His kingdom, um, for the lost, and for ourselves. But, but also just kind of not a, a real front approach, but just kind of coming in the side and encouraging. So I hope this is helpful for you as you consider this spiritual practice. The four points are this. First of all, your spoken words, God's words through you are like seeds that will eventually bring realization. The second one, the changes Jesus brings in your life can spread his word. The third is it's very important to God that the good news about Jesus is proclaimed. And the fourth is our hearts need to break for those who do not know the salvation that Jesus brings. So that's what we're going to be going through. So I ask that you just kind of settle in, open your hearts, and really listen to see, first of all, what God might want to stir in you and, and encourage you towards as far as boldness and courage in this way. And then also be thinking about maybe a couple people. Don't think of all the world. Just think of a couple people that maybe the Lord might bring to mind that you could share your faith with in this time. So first of all, John 12, verse 12 through 16. 
The next day, the great crowd had come for the festival. They heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches, went out to meet him, and they shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. As it is written, do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all of this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. So here we have the story of, of these people shouting these praises. Um, we have Jesus riding in on a donkey. And then we have this scripture that John brings to mind that, that this was foretold, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years before there was a scripture about Jesus' triumphal entry or the Messiah's coming into Jerusalem. And, and, and I love the way John says this. At first, the disciples had no idea about any of this. They didn't understand what was happening in this triumphal entry. They didn't understand that there was a scripture that foretold this. They didn't understand that this, these Hosanna praises were actually something that, that signified a very significant moment that had been prophesied and spelled out by the book of Daniel, by the prophet Daniel years earlier. And these words had been spoken um, by Isaiah years earlier. At first, his disciples did not understand this, but then later, something clicked. And it's so true that, that when we are sharing the Word of God, when we are sharing our faith, when we're doing our best to just try and say, hey, I don't know if this is going to be meaningful for you now, but let me share you something the Lord has shown me. Let me share you what Jesus has been in my life or is in my life currently at this time. Sometimes it goes forth and it doesn't really connect, or sometimes it, it doesn't seem to have much impact. But the promise of Scripture in Isaiah 55, verse 11, is that God's Word will never return empty. It will always accomplish the work that is sent forth to do. Hebrews 11, or Hebrews chapter 4, tells us that God's Word is living and powerful, and it finds a way to cut through joint and marrow, spirit and soul, and, and really get to the heart of the matter. And, and there's something powerful each time we share, whether we do a good job of it or not, when we share the word, when something of God is come, comes out of our mouth, it reaches people's hearts, and it's like seed that settles there. And it might be quickly that they have a response, or it might take a long time. It might take years for that response to happen. I, I think for me, when I was a kid, um, I grew up in a Christian home, and there were many you know, times I would go to Bible studies or Sunday school, and I would learn verses and um, and I, I would memorize verses or I'd learn Bible stories and, and they just really didn't have much impact on me at all. But later in life, as I faced a trial or later in life, when something would come up, um, all of a sudden, all of those things were there. They were there for me to chew on, to lean on, to put my trust in and to help me navigate tough times. And also, I can remember all these kids songs that I thought were so cheesy when I was a kid. Um, but how different times they would be something that would come out of my own mind and my own soul and they would comfort me and give me peace. Uh, one, for instance, is I remember singing, In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. And then the second one says the same thing, but then it says demons would have to flee. And this might sound strange, but there were times in my life where I definitely felt scared. I felt like almost there was something oppressive in the air. I'd be home alone or I'd be in some place and I would just feel almost like a spiritual kind of thing going on. And I had no concept or understanding for what that was or what to do about it. But I remember sometimes in my house, I would start as like a 12-year-old, as a 15-year-old, I would just start singing that song I learned. In the name of Jesus, demons will have to flee. 
and uh, it just brought so much comfort. It felt like I was really being able to connect with the Lord, and that was something that was planted in my heart years and years before without me even really knowing it to some extent. So take courage. Take courage. And those little emails, those little cards that you sent, um, just even sharing this with somebody or sharing what the Lord is showing you in this time, um, though it might not seem like it has drastic big impact or maybe for you it doesn't end up feeling like something that special, um, you can take comfort in God's word that, that he'll use it in the right time in the right way. All right, so the second thing is the changes that Jesus brings about in our life can spread the word. So in verse 17 and 18 of John 12, it says, Now the crowd was with him. And when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead, continued to spread about him. So the crowd that was with him, sorry, when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead, continued to spread word. And many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, see, this is getting us nowhere trying to stop Jesus. Look how the whole world has gone after him. And so here in this story, I love that Lazarus's life, Literally, his life spread the word. The people that were there and just saw the change in Lazarus, they watched him die and be buried. And then he was brought out of the tomb and he was walking around. Just walking into a room, now everyone had to go, well, Jesus must be something. You know, they, they couldn't deny the power of Jesus just by the simple change of life in Lazarus. And, and I, I, I can think of um, lots of examples of this, but one that, that's been so you know, profound in my life is my grandfather. He was an Air Force colonel. And, uh, and I heard story after story about how rough he was, how intense he was, how you know, military drill sergeant he was to his own kids. And, and, uh, and, and yet I was born, I guess, late enough to where he had surrendered his life to Christ. Jesus had begun to... To, to change him and to form him differently. And so every, every day of my life, every interaction I've had with my grandfather, I, w I just saw this kindness, this gentleness, this guy who would answer the phone every, every time you called and say, hello, did you know Jesus loves you? And this soft grandfatherly voice. Every time me and my brothers would see him, the only thing rough about him was this scratchy beard as he came and like kissed us and nuzzled us all over. We'd kind of be like, oh, but he was just so sweet and so kind um, and so gentle. And it was so interesting to hear me hear the stories from my, my, uh, my dad and his, and his siblings as, as they would talk about how, how rough it was at times. And, uh, and the change that Jesus made in his life was this profound word to all of them that Jesus is real and Jesus can change the leopard spots. Jesus can do anything, anytime. Our own Kurt Cotter talks about his anger issues that he had and he kept praying that God would set him free from this anger issues and there was this long challenge, but eventually he did. He, he got freedom from it. And uh, his youngest daughter talks about, that, talks about um, him, her never knowing about that, that side of him, never being able to see that and, and how comforting that is for the rest of the family because they got to see this change that Jesus made. So Kurt's life and testimony in that regard just spreads the word and speaks so much truth out there. And for me, it's interesting too. I, I, I run into people all the time that knew me in my youth years. And uh, when they hear I'm a pastor, they just kind of like, what? what? Oh, huh. yeah, interesting. Wow. Didn't see that coming. And uh, really what they're trying to say in a strange way is, you are so self-centered, I thought there would never be a day where you care about other people. 
And uh, though it is true, the Lord um, did do a great change in my life. And, uh, and it's still working on that all the time. But, um, but yeah, your, your change, just the very life, the, the, the change in your life is, is a testimony of the words God. I love the way John Foreman puts it. He says, your wound is where your light shines through. And a lot of times it's how the Lord works in our painful or ugly situations that really gives us the most profound message um, in sharing our faith. So number three. Number three is uh, it's so important to God that we share good news about, we share that the, the good news about Jesus. Um, here in this passage it says, Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. This is now from uh, Luke 19. And Jesus said, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. The message about Christ will be preached. It is so important to God that he will use rocks if he has to. And, uh, and that's the way God feels about this message. That's the way God feels about the good news. He wants people to know the good news. He wants people to know his father heart and his love for them. He wants people to know the sacrifice that he made for them. And it's up to us to make sure that word gets out. I remember one time I was feeling pretty reluctant in a lot of ways. I was, I was with two of my friends. We were in the cab of my little pickup truck. And we're driving out um, in the hills east of Portland. And we're headed back to a summer camp that I worked at. And uh, we were late, as always. Um, and uh, this time I, I was going to get in more trouble for being late. And we're driving kind of through these windy roads. And we see this guy who's hitchhiking. And uh, he didn't look too scary, but he looked a little bit like a hippie, which is fine. And, uh, and so I, I didn't want to stop because we were out of time. But I just felt that prick from the Holy Spirit to stop. So I ended up stopping and said, hey, you can get in the back if you want. And he's like, all right, I'm going all the way to the end of the road. And I was like, great, I, I, we'll take you as far as we're going. And it wasn't to the end of the road. Um, but so he jumped in, we started cruising down the road. And, and, uh, and I was kind of a little grumpy um, and, and just having to stop. Say, all right, fine, Lord, we're going to get in trouble now. And so we get towards the camp and I was about to pull off the road to stop. And I just felt like God said, no, take him the whole way. And I was like, and I just kind of, again, grumpy, just cruised on down and and the guys that were with me looked at me, and I was like, I don't know. I just feel like we're supposed to take them the whole way. So we ended up winding around. It wasn't too bad. It was another 10, 15 minutes. We got to the end of the road, and, uh, and the guy jumped out, and he was like, thank you so much. And I was like, yeah. And I just, again, I just felt this intense, like, heaviness and burden that I was supposed to share, you know, Jesus with him. I was supposed to share faith with him. I was supposed to ask him if he knew Jesus. And so I kind of was just sitting there, and I looked, rolled down the window, and I was like, hey, man. You, do you know Jesus? <laughs> kind of a little bit gruff. And he stopped in the middle of the street and looked back at me. And he was like, well, he's like, I kind of just think this is all we got this life. And so we just got to make the most of it. And, and I, just because I was grumpy, I was like, well, cool. Is that working for you? Because, you know, it, it seems like this life has a lot of hardship in it. So if this is all it is, that's a little sad. And, uh, <laughs> and he, he kind of looked down at the ground a little bit, looked up at me, and he was like, He's like, yeah, and so I said, and he didn't walk away, so I just said, well, you know, let me tell you a little bit about what gives me hope. And I shared just a little story from my life, something that day that the Lord had shown me, and, and ended up just talking about how God has filled me with hope both for this life and the next life. And, and, uh, and then I looked over and I was like, so do you want, the, you want to know about hope? You want some hope? <laughs> Again, just literally feeling a little bit like a jerk now that I think back. But, um, but he, he looked at me and, and, and uh, he said, he said, you know what, I think I do. 
And, and I just kind of thought he was going to say no. So I started to roll the window up and I was like, well, what did you say? And he said, yeah, I think I do. And, and I was shocked and I rolled the window down. I was like, come over here. Let me tell you some more. And so, and so he came over and we shared a little bit more about what Jesus had done for him. We, we had him pray with us. And, and uh, at the end of it, you know, he was just kind of like a little bit dumbfounded. And, and so were we. We were just like, wow, this is crazy. I didn't see this coming. And, uh, and we said, well, God bless you, man. And, and he started to walk back to the other side of the street where his truck was. And, and then right at the two lanes, those two yellow lanes in the middle of the street, he stopped and he reached down to pick something up. And he started to pick it up and it was kind of stringy. And, and he started to pick it up. And I thought, this guy's lost it. He's a nut job. And, and he looked like he was picking up some gum, but then all of a sudden it started to shine really bright and kind of flicker with all this, this golden light. And he picked it up and he started walking back towards us with these big eyes and he started coming to me and he was holding it. And as he got closer, it, it was this beautiful gold chain and, and it, had, it had this golden cross on the end of it with these diamonds in it. And he started looking at me and he was like, are you guys angels or something? And I was like, no. No, definitely not angels. But I was like, you got to understand that God is real and God knows you and, and God has given you this as a sign to remember him and to know that something significant happened today. And we started talking about helping him find a church that he could go to. And, and he walked away and he kind of had this spring in his step. And, and now we had this spring in our step. I was no longer feeling like a grumpy guy. We drove back to camp. And, and we couldn't get in trouble now because we had the story to tell. So God even looked after that. Um, but, but it's just something I feel like you never know what God is up to. And, and, and it is so important to God. God had set this whole thing up for him and this guy to have this encounter. And it wasn't even about me and what I wanted or what I was going to do. I was just supposed to kind of help this encounter happen. And, and I think that somehow God would have made it happen without me. But now I got to experience and be a part of seeing God set up this time with this guy that he had been planning for whoever his whole life. And, and now this guy got to experience something. And, and I don't know. I didn't, I didn't follow up with the guy. I didn't get his number or anything to figure out what was going on. Probably should have. But, uh, but I just know that something significant happened in that moment because we, even though reluctantly, we were kind of like those rocks that were just kind of like grumpy and pulled in, but we just still shared and the Lord was able to do something. So take advantage of every moment, even if you're nervous or scared. And now our last point, um, our last point is uh, from Luke 19.41. Our hearts need to break for those who don't know the salvation of our God. Luke 19.41 says, As Jesus approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. And he said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it's hidden from your eyes, the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They'll dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They'll leave you one stone. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. And there's a couple things at work here for sure. And the first is that there is a reality that, that if people do not receive Jesus, the Bible is very clear that they do not receive the forgiveness of God. And what they will receive is the judgment of God on their sin. God does not want to judge them. God does not want to do that. He actually said the only way it's possible is if, is if you go over my dead body. Literally, Jesus' dead body. You have to trample on that. 
to get into the judgment of God. But the judgment of God is real. It's real and it's severe. And Jesus stands in the way of it. And and our sharing of faith stands in the way of it. And, And the reason that we need to share is because that is a reality. But another reality is that there's so much goodness that God has in store for people that they could be missing out on if they don't come to faith in Jesus, if they don't begin to start a relationship with Him and experience His salvation in their life. And it breaks God's heart to have people in that place. And here Jesus, looking over Jerusalem, He wept. His heart was broken because they weren't able to to know what was happening in that time. Because He saw all of these people that God loved so much, that God wanted to, He had set up all these special moments for them, but they didn't understand the time of God's coming to them. And, it, and I've seen people who are like this, that, that literally they care about those who don't know Jesus every day. Their hearts break for them when they even think about the people. When they're sitting in a room of people and they know some of those people don't know Jesus, they're, 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 they're stirred up. They're, 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 they have a heaviness about them. And I think it's such a fascinating and awesome thing to watch. And I pray over and over again, Lord, continue to break my heart. I mean, there's been people who who have done their life. They said, I'm not going to get through one single day without sharing my faith with somebody because it's that important to God. And uh, and so I've seen that. And there's this there's this song that um, I feel like encapsulates it really well. It's it's called Hosanna. And it was written by a, a lady named Brick Ligertwood. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it's a Hillsong song. And in the bridge it says, Heal my heart and make it clean. Open up my eyes to the things unseen. Show me how to love like you have loved me. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Everything I am for your kingdom cause. As I walk from earth into eternity. And, and this song and then the chorus is Hosanna. And I think it had to have had this passage in mind as she wrote this song, both of the salvation that God could bring, Hosanna, save us, Lord, save us, Lord. And then ultimately that image of Jesus' heart breaking over the people. And, and if we really want to be people who, who practice spiritual formation and the spiritual practice of, of sharing our faith, if we want to get good at this, we've got to start by asking God to break our heart for the lost. Break our heart for the, for the things that breaks His. And... Uh, and then I just want to read a few scriptures to kind of sum all this up um, before we conclude. The first one comes from Mark 16, and this is Jesus' final message to his disciples. And, and in a lot of ways, it can be, you know, kind of the summation of what Jesus wants us to hear um, from his life. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. That is his charge to us. That is his call to us. Uh, Matthew 4, when Jesus talked to his disciples in the beginning, he said, come follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. In Mark 13, Jesus said, and the gospel must be preached to all nations before the Son of Man comes back. It's something that God wants us to do. He wants us to continue to preach, to continue to reach out so that more can come into his family. His family is not complete until the gospel has been preached to all nations. And then he says, I tell you, whoever publicly acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. It is that important. Jesus is saying, I want you to acknowledge me before others. And if you do that, I'll acknowledge you um, before the angels of God. 
And then Philemon um, says, I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of God. As we share our faith, there's so much that, that good that takes place in our own hearts, in our own spiritual formation. It's not just for God and others, it's also for us. And then I love what Psalm 96 says. It says, sing to the Lord, praise his name, each day proclaim the good news that he saves. Each day. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. They didn't even have Facebook and stuff on that. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations and tell everyone about the amazing things he does. It's so good to receive the goodness of the God, but it's not complete until we tell others about what he's done for us. Um, so church, I'm going to say a prayer for us now to conclude. Um, and I really do ask that you would lean into this, maybe even have a little discussion about this after this time. Um, but let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we do thank you for another day. We thank you so much that you're with us, that you love us. We thank you that so many of us have our names in your book, that your salvation has, has come to us and is continuing to save us from ourselves, from what the world brings you. You're continuing to grow us and develop us and renew us. We're thankful for your salvation, Lord. And we really want to be people that are good at, at sharing our faith, sharing what you've done so others can know your salvation. Lord, we pray that we would know your thoughts and your heart. That you would help us to share our fear-conquering faith with those who are afraid. I pray that you would help us to remember to share and that, Lord, you would give us ordained moments to share. I pray that even today, something would happen and we would feel that prick from your spirit and we would see the moment that you're creating and we would be courageous, Lord. Lord, we know we're going to have a serious party on the other side of all of this as we get to gather together as a church. And I pray that we will live and share this month um, in a way that causes people who don't know you that will want to join us for church on the other side. And not just on the other side, Lord, when we gather together at church, but I pray that we would live in a way this, this month and share boldly in a way this month that causes people who don't know you to be able to join us on the other side of eternity as we step into your glorious kingdom. Lord Jesus, please do let these scriptures have their full work in our hearts. Help us to encourage each other. And I pray that you really would allow your church to be more beautiful and strong than ever in this time where we're not gathering like normal. Let it be a release for us, I pray. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.